Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Here's why the Steelers' dreary draft sets the stage for Juju Smith-Schuster's exit and quarterback Aaron Rodgers' signing. Welcome to the Steelers update from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. Steelers coach Mike Tomlin loves splash plays on offense and defense. But when it came to selecting players in the 2020 NFL draft, he and the Steelers brain trust failed to make a splash. Hell, there were hardly any waves. Now all those armchair general managers in the 412 area code are not only blasting the Steelers' boring draft picks, they're sounding the alarm at the player powerhouse being assembled down in Baltimore. This is not going to be a pleasant remainder of the offseason. And if the rising Ravens really are as good as their draft appears, Not only could the 2020 season be lost, we might be looking at years, dare I say a decade, of dominance by the Ravens. Those birds could be poised to rule the roost in the AFC North. Notably, the Ravens plucked the running back many Steelers fans coveted in the form of J.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State in the second round. This after Pittsburgh went receiver. Make no mistake, the careers of Dobbins and new Steelers pass catcher Chase Claypool out of Notre Dame are now forever linked. God forbid if Claypool is the rare Limus Swede misfire at wide receiver by general manager Kevin Colbert. This Dobbins kid, coupled with running Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson, a stable of young Ravens receivers and reliable tight ends, could really rev up that Charm City offense. It could be scary. Here's ESPN's Jamison Hensley on the Ravens' sonic youth movement. Quote, The NFL's highest scoring offense is not just built to produce points and highlight real touchdowns right now. It's constructed to last. The Ravens can now put a group of 11 players on the field that includes all homegrown talent and averages 23 years old. This sounds more like the 
age of LSU or Alabama players, not a pro offense that averaged over 33 points a game in the NFL last season. Or, as Pittsburgh sports talker Mark Madden wrote pointedly of the Ravens for Trib Live, quote, Why not take J.K. Dobbins, the running back from Ohio State? He went 55th to Baltimore, so that has the potential to blow up in the Steelers' face twice per year. Dobbins was the fifth running back selected. Hey, it's a good question. And as for further discomforting Steelers news, it's not just the Ravens that fans should be worried about. Both the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bagels markedly improved their roster in this draft. So it's bad news all around for Steelers Nation. Now, what can we say about the Steelers players taken in this draft? Overall, the Steelers draft is being graded as underwhelming at best. Here's a pithy recap put forward by Trib Live, summing up the Steelers' less than stellar player hall. Quote, they got the 11th wide receiver off the board. They took a backup outside linebacker from a mid-tier conference. They failed to get one of the top four running backs in the draft. They didn't find a potential replacement for Javon Hargrave until the seventh round. None of that I can argue with. But that's not really analysis. Here's my best assessment as to the deeper ramifications. I can't argue with that. But it's not really analysis. Here's my best assessment as to the deeper ramifications of the Steelers' draft moves as we move forward. The team is poised to save some star salaries in the near future, and they will be able to replace some key cogs on special teams with the lesser talents they've acquired. But that's about the best clear-eyed assessment one can make right now. And of course, we know the Steelers lack a first-round draft pick going in. They already traded that away for safety Minka Fitzpatrick. Of course, some Steelers fans and Pittsburgh Radio sports personalities are already reading the tea leaves of the draft aftermath. They're saying it sets the stage for a significant changeover in the Steelers' star power over the next two seasons. Specifically, speculation surrounds the big-bodied Claypool taking over for Juju Smith-Schuster. Smart Money says the receiver will not receive a big new deal from the Steelers. Instead, fan-favored Juju will be saying bye-bye after this season and hello to another NFL team in 2021. Longtime Steelers analysts from Ed Bouchette to Mark Madden are convinced Juju is a goner. Quote, Juju is not going to be on the team next year no matter what, Madden said. Bouchette has been equally unequivocal opining on Juju, quote, he won't be in Pittsburgh in 2021, unquote. That's not all. Outside linebacker Bud Dupree signed his huge $16 million franchise tag for this season. But he, too, looks to be gone next season, with the third-round pick expected to step up and step in. But the wildest, and what would be the biggest draft fallout for the Steelers, happened with another team, that being the Green Bay Packers. They traded up to take one of the quarterbacks the Steelers coveted in Utah's Jordan Love. Could this set the stage for an aging Super Bowl winning quarterback to change teams in the twilight of his career? 
No, I'm not talking about Big Ben Roethlisberger, whose return will be the biggest game changer for the 2020 Steelers. Rather, and myself and many other analysts are now opining of the prospect of the Packers' Aaron Rodgers packing it in in Titletown, perhaps after the 2021 season. And if Aaron steps aside in the name of love up north, could Rodgers replace Roethlisberger in the city of champions? More and more Steelers fans believe this could happen. And it would be interesting because after all those Steelers draft rumors about taking Love or Jalen Hurts, Pittsburgh stood pat at the most important NFL position of quarterback. Hey, they did this even though Big Ben is 38 and coming off significant surgery on his throwing elbow. It would not be outlandish to believe that Big Ben could be done just as Rodgers is wrapping it up in Green Bay in a couple of seasons. And green and yellow isn't a far cry from black and gold, now is it? Hey, it would be a dream scenario for many Steelers fans, and it would turn the post-draft depression being experienced now into outright elation should Rodgers ride into the 412 area code. And it does have a ring to it, doesn't it? And best of all, it could result in another ring for both the Steelers and Rodgers who beat Pittsburgh for his sole Super Bowl championship. That's just one of the cataclysmic scenarios playing out in wake of an otherwise dreary drab draft for the Steelers. And I have all the best takes right here, so let's get right to it. And we start right at the top with that aforementioned QB position. The post-draft message out of the Steelers headquarters is that Mason Rudolph is the team's eventual succession plan for an aging Big Ben. Here's radio host Colin Dunlap tweeting after just having interviewed general manager Kevin Colbert on the air. Quote, what I heard from Kevin Colbert today in our interview, it is obvious the decision makers of the Pittsburgh Steelers view Mason Rudolph as heir to the Ben Roethlisberger throne. Unquote. Of course, One can believe in Rudolph. After all, many still believe in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. But careers are made on the football field, not in a GM's imagination. If Rudolph continues to implode in relief of Roethlisberger, the Aaron Rodgers to the rescue scenario becomes more and more plausible in Pittsburgh. At that point, Steelers would lack the luxury of grooming another raw arm and the steady presence of replacing one Super Bowl-winning quarterback with another would be the only thing to satisfy Steelers fans. After all, they're getting sick and tired of climbing the stairway to seven in the 412 area code. That is seven Lombardis in a certain Northside trophy case. Here's the Rodgers dream scenario for the Steelers as laid out by Pittsburgh sports talker Andrew Filipponi, quote, I've been thinking about Aaron Rodgers all night and all day. He will become available at the exact moment Ben Roethlisberger decides to hang him up after 2021. We could replace one Hall of Famer with another Hall of Famer, unquote. ProFootballTalk.com says the Rodgers relationship in Green Bay could go one of two ways. They tweet, quote, On one hand, the decision to trade up and draft QB Jordan Love could push Aaron Rodgers to a higher level of performance. 
On the other hand, it could poison and eventually kill Rodgers' relationship with the Packers, unquote. Hey, I say a team doesn't trade up for a quarterback to let him sit too long. And even pro football talk seemed to agree with this, tweeting a little later, quote, whether it's intentional or not, the Packers may be provoking Aaron Rodgers to agitate for a trade. If that happens, expect a long line for Rodgers' considerable services. It won't just be the Steelers, folks. Here's more from the pro football article on the subject, quote, Several teams certainly would consider tearing up their current quarterback plans if they could land Aaron Rodgers now. The Patriots, obviously. The Raiders, definitely. Washington, most likely. The Jets, Chargers, Dolphins, and Jaguars, possibly. The more likely reality is that the Packers will try to hold it all together with Rodgers for another two seasons. Come 2022, the cap hit would only be $17 million. The bigger question is whether they'll be able to keep Rodgers from agitating for a trade privately or publicly before the end of the 2021 season, unquote. Hey, that timing would favor the Steelers in what would be a Rodgers free-for-all in free agency. But for the Steelers right now in 2020, and especially after this low-impact draft, it's all riding on the surgically repaired throwing elbow of one Big Ben. And Ron Cook writes this for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette on the impact of Ben's return. Quote, it all depends on Ben Roethlisberger's health. Did they make up enough ground on the Ravens, who were 14-2 and two last season? Are they better than the Browns, who had a strong draft? And what happens if they sleep on the Bengals, who added number one overall pick Joe Burrow? It's worth repeating. It depends on Roethlisberger, unquote. Well put. And as fans of the podcast know, one of my go-to guys for contrarian Steelers opinion is Pittsburgh radio host Mark Madden. He usually zigs when the rest of Steelers nation zags. So while many are biting their terrible towels and fear that the rest of the AFC North improved markedly while the Steelers stood in place, Madden is circumspect about the draft. He writes in part for Trib Live, quote, I don't hate the Steelers draft. Not yet. In that vein, it's certainly a draft that leaves itself wide open to future criticism. The Steelers went for quirky, not safe. Third-round pick Alex Highsmith, the edge rusher, is a walk-on from Charlotte, a CUSA school. Only two NFL teams talked to him before the draft. Fourth-round pick Kevin Dotson, guard, wasn't considered good enough to be invited to the NFL scouting combine, but he did start four years at Louisiana, a Sunbelt Conference school. Dotson is more game-ready than a lot of rookies. The Steelers took two players from Maryland, which hasn't had a winning season since 2014 or a winning year in the ACC since 2010. Fourteen of the draft's first-round picks were from schools like Alabama, Clemson, LSU, and Ohio State. Those are football factories. Jerry Dulek of the Post-Gazette loves the Steelers draft. He gave their first two picks an A, their next two picks a B and a B+. National experts aren't as excited. One of those experts, Andrew Benoit of Steelers Illustrated, posted a series of tweets that highlight 
the draft for what it is, a crapshoot, unquote. And the bottom line for Madden is this, quote, the Steelers didn't make safe picks. That's certain. If this draft fails, the Steelers will be open to criticism and deservedly so. I'd have taken a running back at number 49 overall instead of Notre Dame wide receiver Chase Claypool. Backs are infinitely more disposable, but I don't trust James Conner to stay healthy or perform like a number one back, and his backups mostly stink. J.K. Robbins of Ohio State and Cam Akers of Florida State were both available. The Steelers had a eh, draft. The Steelers need help immediately, but won't get it from this draft, unquote, all from the reliable Mark Madden. And there, the Steelers will be judged. Should they have stayed on the ground at pick 49, or were they correct to recognize the NFL is a passing league and therefore went long with Claypool? We shall see. But long is the operative word with this lanky receiver. Here's Brian Batko attempting to tell fans where Claypool fits in the Pittsburgh pantheon of wide receivers. He tweets, quote, Chase Claypool's athletic testing is eerily similar to Martavius Bryant at the Combine, but physically he's closer to Plaxico Burris. Not exactly the Jordan Kobe supercut, but I threw together some college highlights of Claypool and Plax, and they do look similar. How athletic is Claypool? Well, here's Steelers Depot Alex Kazura and his gushing praise. Quote, quick breakdown of Chase Claypool. Elite size, 6'4", 238 pounds. Athletic testing, 4.4340, 40.5-inch vertical. Contest, high-point ability, red zone ability, blocking, intensity, rawness, exact fit. Some projected him as a tight end. Quickness, separation over the middle, unquote. In other words, it sounds like he's going to be a target all over the football field. The real Steelers clone for Claypool, however, could be Juju Smith-Schuster, and this would make him the odd man out after this season. Here's Steelers scribe Mike Asty on Juju's impending ouster. Quote, Steelers fans, kiss Juju goodbye. He's gone after next season. Pittsburgh just drafted his clone, unquote. David Todd had similar, if softer, take on the Claypool ripples from this draft. Quote, makes it just a tad less likely Juju is a Steeler in 2021. What the Steelers did not do in this draft is find a replacement for oft-injured running back James Conner. And this could be the biggest criticism of their moves and the longest-lasting negative effect. The back they did pick, fourth-round Anthony McFarlane Jr. out of Maryland looks to land deep in the depth chart. Here's the range of opinions on McFarlane. Andrew Filipponi, quote, the Steelers had a chance to draft James Conner's replacement or James Conner insurance. Instead, they picked Kareth White's replacement. I do not get it, unquote. Then Filipponi tweeted the current state of the Steelers running back room and posed a question, quote, James Conner, Benny Snell, Jalen Hurts, Anthony McFarlane, Kareth White. Is that a good collection of running backs? Unquote. My answer is 
maybe. But just in case anyone didn't know where Philly Pony stands on the Steelers' backfield, he tweeted this too. I'm with the great Jerry Dulac. He wrote, if the Steelers don't take a running back with their first pick, there's no need to take one at all. And I agree. McFarland is just more of the same. Another question mark running back. And finally, here's Paul Zeise with Pittsburgh Post-Gazette on the running back situation. Quote, McFarland was a boom or bust pick. There won't be an in-between with him. He's either going to add another dimension, speed and big playability to the Steelers, or he will just sort of become a guy with talent who never pans out, unquote. So the bottom line impact of this draft class, what is it? Well, for now, it's patchwork and filling stuff. In other words, some guys who will play a lot on special teams. Here's the always insightful Alex Kazora with Steelers Depot summing it all up. Quote, the Steelers lost a couple key special teamers in Makovich, Nix, Chicolo, all core guys. Big focus on special teams in this draft. Claypool, Highsmith, and Brooks should all make an impact there year one. As for the future, Kazora adds this, quote, Upside at the top with Claypool and Highsmith, good athletes who hit their stride last season. Special teams help throughout. Dotson, my favorite day three pick, maybe my favorite overall. Waited too long for a safety and a nose tackle. The rest of the AFC North killed it, unquote. Pretty good summation. About the best you can say is this 8-8 eight eight Steelers team added some special teams players. They brought in rookies who will eventually replace starters like Juju Smith-Schuster and Bud Dupree. This so that the Steelers don't have to spend money there and can use it for true superstars like T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick. As a side note, some are considering... Fitzpatrick, a member of this 2020 draft class due to last season's trade involving the 2021st rounder. I don't consider him a part of this draft class, but I do sympathize with the Steelers fans and analysts who weren't wild with this draft. I concur with the mounting draft envy as black and gold fans seethe over the state of the Ravens' rapidly rising dynasty down south. For the Steelers, getting back to the playoffs after two years of missing them did get easier, but it wasn't because of this draft. That's mainly due to an expansion of the NFL playoffs, which will now allow a seventh team in each conference. If this had been the case, the Steelers would have been in the playoffs these last two seasons. So there is hope, just not a lot of comfort after this Steelers crapshoot of a draft. Hey, but we'll keep following the offseason, and as we move to, hopefully, some training camps that will open amid the coronavirus and some real games, and hopefully before some real fans. Let's hope. And we'll do it all here for whatever happens on your Steelers Update podcast. So download it every Wednesday, wherever you download your favorite audio. And of course, log on. PenLive.com for your real-time Steelers news.